morning crypto. Good morning, warriors, and happy Friday. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mr. Johnny Crypto, Mario, the Node Defender, Jeremy, the Financial Wizard, and NFT Tones all in the building today. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing MasterCard is bullish on crypto as the doors for NFTs are pushed wide open. MasterCard is now allowing nearly 3 billion customers to easily use this new technology. RippleNet's general manager, Ashish Birla, is stepping down after five years of fueling innovation, while the SEC continues to attack crypto under the veil of protecting investors. Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey come together to create the first Bitcoin Academy in Brooklyn, New York, focused on long-term thinking and financial leadership, while Grayscale continues to double down on a spot Bitcoin ETF, stating they're confident the product will be approved this summer. And we show our listeners why this bear market is the opportunity of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we brought the news this morning. Anybody who's listening, you're going to get NFT gems. You're going to get MasterCard, Grayscale, whatever you're looking for. We brought it. But what's on your mind, Johnny Crypto? And how are you feeling this Friday? Ah, boy, what a difference a week makes. It's so It feels great to be able to produce solid waste instead of liquid waste every day. But first of all, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. Hopefully you're all doing well and looking forward to a fun Friday show. So happy Friday. And anybody who's looking for Johnny's Crypto's updates on his bowel movements, go check out his Twitter account. He does live updates on there every single day. But we'll go to the fastest growing influencer in the node space, Mario. I saw you got another humongous follower follow your account last night. So congratulations on that. And how are you feeling on this Friday? Appreciate it, Abs. I'm feeling amazing, feeling pretty good. Uh, a little bit confused on what Johnny Crypto just said. I wasn't expecting to hear that. But, you know, it is just another day in the Good Morning Crypto show with Johnny Crypto. You never know what you're going to get. But hey, he keeps us entertained. That's for sure. And Friday is always a special day because we bring our two favorite high schoolers onto the show. We got the Finleys in the building. Jeremy, you shaved your beard. How's it feel to be a senior in high school again? Still freaking amazing. I wish I had the next 20 years ahead of me. I mean, I guess I still have 20 years ahead of me. But I wish I had those 20 years ahead of me still. You know, being that me and Johnny are the oldest people on the show. Um, Johnny, hey, speak for yourself. Though, I'm only so 22. I'm young at heart too, I guess. So, um, no, I'm amazing. I'm really glad to be here. I'm glad that I, so many people have access to my calendar that I never know when there's a meeting that gets put on. And I always plan on being here and I haven't been on here for like, I don't know, five weeks feels like something like that. So it's been way too long, Jeremy, way too long, long. but it would not be a Friday if we didn't bring NFT tones, the most famous 17 year old in the crypto space, NFT tones. You got some huge developments today. You always do. What's on your mind? Yo, yo, yo. Yeah. This 17 year old has something for you today. I got, so first up, we're going to be talking about Gollivers and then we'll be talking about something big with wax that has me excited. Awesome. I'm really excited for WaxP. Anybody who listened to our Twitter spaces last night with the bearable bull, we talked about WaxP and we talked about a lot of, a lot of other opportunities in the space today. We're going to dive into that in this episode, but we'll get started off the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter 
over 1,300 followers. We go live on Monday. We go live on Thursday. Our team's always active on there, so go smash that follow button. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is sitting in extreme fear this morning, Johnny Crypto. Maybe you can give us a really quick update. We always know this is an opportunity to accumulate, but we're getting some inflation news. So what's on your mind this morning, and is there anything you want to address here? Yeah, you know, I figured with that, with that, with that index that came out, the inflammation, inflation index came out so high, I thought we'd see a lower, even more fear in this index. So it'll be interesting to see how the markets react over the next day or two to it. But the reality is, I've been saying this all along, I think we're just going to continue to tag along in this kind of, when did it end last time? July 23rd. You can see we're literally almost duplicating what happened last year. And I've been saying this for a while now. I think we're going to see kind of sideways action till mid, you know, beginning mid-July. And then I think as people start to gear up and get ready to come back from vacation, the smart money is going to get in first. And I think you'll start, and that's what happened here last time. I think you'll see the same thing. I think the smart money is actually getting in right now. There's an old saying in the stock market, Johnny, selling may walk away, but always remember return in September. And I think that's what Johnny Crypto is talking about right here. But we'll hop into the total coin market cap today. We're getting some bearish price action. We are sitting at $1.21 trillion in global market cap. Bitcoin is 46% dominance. Ethereum is 17%. Bitcoin has fallen below that $30,000 mark. We're sitting at $29,500. And I'm actually finding this to be a, confident, a sign of confidence in the market. We got some terrible news on inflation, reaching a 40-year all-time high. We're going to dive into that, but we're seeing the markets respond accordingly. A little bit of bearish price action, but nothing too detrimental, right? Ethereum, 1700 Cardano, $0.58. Cents. XRP, $0.39. Cents. It hurts my heart, but at the same time, I'm excited because my dollar cost average comes in on this Friday, and I'll be purchasing a little XRP today. We got Polkadot at $0.888, Avalanche at $23, Chrono, $0.16, cents. Stellar, $0.13.5, cents. and we'll scroll down to Hedera Hashgraph, which is at 8 since this morning. We talked about this on our lives last night, but I'd love to hear from Jeremy. Jeremy, is there anything you're watching in the market today? And how do you feel about sentiment overall? Johnny Crypto said, we're copying what we did last year, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. No, I actually agree 100% with Johnny and with what you said with the return in September. I think that that's always, I mean, things are rep repetitive for a reason because they repeat themselves. So I think that, that I think that, uh, that's usually what's going to happen. I mean, last year, even for the Crypto Academy, we had our biggest, you know, lulls for our business itself last year in the summer. And we're experiencing just the same type of thing. And then it's going to re-ramp up. The other thing, too, is if, if things kind of, if consumer sentiment and consumer optimism is a reflection of the stock market, right, you have a lot of brokers grinding in quarter four to make their bonuses. So they're always going to be buying and selling more in those quarters to get ready to end the year out. Right. And so when that happens, you're going to see the stock market usually do better in that September, you know, um, October, November area. And then that sentiment is going to play over into the into um, the crypto market. Um, and me, my favorite coin is still as of right now, still or XLM and company Stellar. Love Stellar, love XLM. Um, so this is there's no better time to buy. Just make sure that you're researching what you buy. Um, just because we've been experiencing in the crypto market and uh, in, in the NFT space, we've been experiencing some rug pulls, things like that. And so you just want to make sure that you're paying attention to what you're buying and you're buying for the long term. Um, and so I always, you know, keep dollar cost averaging into um, XLM, XRP, Polkadot. Um, uh, I can't think of the other Decentraland, sorry, Decentraland um, and even some Bitcoin and Ethereum. So I just keep to my same plan and keep buying in as these go down and then I'll keep buying in when they go up. 
Mario, as we look at the market today, we saw that amazing VeChain news that was announced. Going to be shown to over 900 million customers in 175 countries across the globe. We got a little bit of bullish price action. We've already pulled back from that, but I think this is a great example of what's happening in the market overall. We're getting tons of bullish news for each of these individual projects, but because of the macroeconomic situation, we're continuing to downtrend. So what catches your attention and how do you feel about VeChain specifically? Yeah, I think VeChain is is a very underrated project as far as price is concerned. So is a lot of other cryptos at the moment. The reason why we're just not seeing this huge explosion in price is because the hype from retail is just simply not here. Um, we may not realize it, but we've actually been trending downwards to sideways for the last seven months already. So it's been seven months since the previous all-time high from Bitcoin. And it's seven months that we've, it's safe to say it's seven months that we've been in a bear market. So it feels like it's been way longer. And for us that are, that are in this, like on a daily basis, it, it feels like a lifetime. But I think that it's going to take some time for the markets to recover. It's going to take some time for you to see the little a little uh, explosion in price. This is a perfect time to be accumulating. This is a perfect time to be paying attention to Good Morning Crypto and all the news that we bring you because these are fundamentals, fundamental news with fundamental uh, partnerships that we keep bringing you on the show as far as like VeChain with UFC and the list goes on. So just keep, keep accumulating those projects. Keep being patient. We may go down and touch a little lower, but just keep dollar cost, cost averaging in. And in a few years, you'll be, you'll be very glad you did so. Yes, Mario, I completely agree. And I think the bearable bull agrees as well. We got 130 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. While we get this episode started, we're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. And Johnny Crypto, I want to get comments from you here. We got the breaking news of today is that the U.S. May CPI jumps over 8.6% year-over-year inflation. These are the highest rates since 1940. I told Jeremy I'd go to him first, but I'm going to give him a little more time to prepare. We'll start off with Johnny Crypto and kick it to Jeremy. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is probably more up the line of Jeremy's uh, expertise. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not surprised. The Fed printed the most money ever in history in 2022, in 2020 due to COVID. So it's no surprise that we're sitting here and looking at the highest level of inflation. And and I'm hearing that this is just the beginning. The hyperinflation is really going to keep coming. You know, and they're trying to pre now they're trying to subliminally program us that inflation isn't transitory anymore. So what they're really telling you is, hey, guys, bend over. We're going to give it to you even harder. And it's going to be continue to see more and more inflation. And you're going to see, you know, your buying power. And sadly, what it means is the middle class is really going to get screwed. It's going to be very, very difficult to afford. I mean, I went to fill my gas tank the other day. It cost $80. It used to cost 20 I mean, all right, recently, you know, it's cost like 40 or 50 Now it's 80 It's almost doubled. I don't know, $6 a gallon. I was like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. So unfortunately, this is the impact. This is the price you pay when you decide that the solution to fix problems is to just continue. Atta boy, Jeremy, shake it, baby. Yeah, it's, it's such a great tune, no matter how old it is. Uh, at the end of the day, we're all going to feel this pain this summer and probably into the end of the into the end of the year. That's right. At the end of the day, you gotta love it. Johnny Crypto, you brought up something that caught my attention. It's that the national average for gas prices right now is not only approaching five dollars, I think it's climbing above five dollars. Jeremy, just to gas you up a little bit, there's a reason we bring you on every Friday and there's a reason we call you the Fin Wiz. Oh Guys God. got almost two decades of banking experience. Please fill us in. What does this tell you about the markets overall? And are we entering stagflation? What's your guess? <laughs> I mean, I think that it, I I believe that it's going to go higher. Um, I believe that we're going to see, I, I think that we can see a $10, $10 gas price, right? 
So I'm an advocate for here, here's the, here's the, okay. So if this is caused by two things or three things, right? It's caused by a bunch of money flooding into the system because of them printing money, putting it into the system. It's also because of all these people coming back to work, right? After being off from 2020, 2021, right? And so whenever you have any type of money that's coming into the system, you're going to experience some type of inflation. The problem is, is that we are so adamant about not and not, ha not having the ability to get that money back out of the system that we're just experiencing this ridiculous amount of inflation because we don't have, a, I don't feel like the people that are in charge have a plan on how to get this down. And they definitely don't have a plan on how to get gas prices down. And right. And especially when you are in the society that we're in today, for example, there was a, I think it was a gasoline company or a, uh, like a, like a gas station in California that were keeping their, their gas low for the people and all the other gas companies, all the other ga the, the gas stations around them, they started to sue them because of the fact that they weren't keeping up with where they were keeping their prices at. And that's ridiculous. And then if we can't put anything in place around price gouging at the, uh, in the, the House of Representatives or in the Senate, then you are going to have people that see this oil coming in, right? The, the price is going up, right? They're going to keep their prices up and they're not going to ever bring them down. So, and there's no other reason to bring them down. So we're going to see gas prices. I really think we're going to see gas prices closer to $10 and, and that's going to hurt us. And this inflation is just going to get worse and worse until we figure out a way to get that money out of the system. You know, Jeremy, I heard there are gas stations that are actually adding a fourth digit to their, their oh my uh, gosh. sign because most, you know, we've never been over three digits, right? 999, right? Yep. So I heard they're actually adding a fourth digit because they already heard or know that we're going to be over $10 gas, which is unheard of crazy here in the yeah. US. Yeah, I have no idea. And and again, I don't think anybody has a plan in place on how to get this out. And then you're in a midterm year, right? So no one's going to come and say, we need to raise taxes or we need to do this or we need to do that to get the money out of the system. So it's just going to keep going up at least through next year. That's and why, that's what that's Kevin O'Leary continues to say. I want to hear from NFT Tons here. What are some of your thoughts? But Kevin O'Leary told us that he doesn't expect any regulation to come for the crypto market until after midterm elections. And then we covered some news yesterday about Citadel Fidelity and Charles Schwab partnering to create an exchange for institutions. And that's going to start being offered in quarter four of 2020, sorry, quarter one of 2023. So I don't think it's a coincidence at all that we're going to get regulation at the exact same time that institutions are going to flood in. But NFT Tones, what are some of your thoughts? So my thoughts are, I think it's about time to get an electric car with these gas prices. But what do you guys think? What Do you guys think they're pushing us towards electric cars with these gas prices? You think they're trying to do this on purpose? What, what are your honest opinions here? Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear from you first. Well, I mean, certainly I think when people start seeing gas prices, if they continue to remain high like this, people will shift. I think if, if somebody's on the fence and they're deciding to buy a new car and, and the cost is close, they're probably going to make the leap and say, you know what, this is definitely a time. So if you're Elon Musk, you can't be happier than the pig and shit, right? I mean, at this point, you're like, holy crap. This is like the environment set up perfectly for people to flood into electric uh, vehicles. So it certainly feels like that's going to happen. I guess, to be honest with you, you know, if I were um, looking to buy a new car, I probably I probably would be looking at hybrids or maybe even electric ones. I would at least be comparing the prices. Definitely. No doubt, because I don't have any confidence that this government wants to.
lower gas prices. Can they? Of course. Do they want to? No, we're sitting on a bunch of gas. We don't even oil. We don't even use here in the U.S., right? We're, we're banning it everywhere. Can't dig it. Can't do this. Can't do that. So could they fix the problem? Yes. Will they? Absolutely not. I agree with Tones. I think they definitely, this is a push for, for the electric, you know, moving away from gas. And I don't know, like not only gas is high, but I feel like my gas is just going like it's consuming faster out of my car. Like I'll put gas yesterday and I'm doing I'm doing the same commute, the same drive as I used to, and a quarter of the tank is already gone in like a day. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, are they mixing this gas with something else that the car is just consuming it faster? Or am I just noticing it? I, I don't know, but it, it's not good for my pocket at the moment. You know, I just have to jump in there. Mario, I can't believe you said that. The other day I drove, I looked at my gas, I'm like, Holy crap, I just filled it up and it's already down a quarter. I was wondering the same thing. And then I see comments here. People are commenting in here saying gas doesn't smell like gas anymore. Who knows? Maybe they are messing with it. But you're right. It does feel like it's costing more and it's going by faster. No yeah. doubt. And, and I think that we're going to be moving to, off of it anyway. I mean, GMC has their plan to move to all electric by 2030. I mean, that's pretty, pretty you know. Ambitious. Uh, yeah, ambitious. Thank you. And then like, you know, Ford just beat you know, Elon to the market with the truck. They have their new lightning truck out, I think is what it's called. And so like, it wouldn't be surprised. Like the government always pushes people in the direction they want it to go, right? Either with tax incentives or in, you know, doing certain things, right? But I mean, we still need petroleum. So that's why I'm an advocate. I know people may get mad at me, but I, you know, as long as we're, we're monitoring it and managing it properly, I don't think that there's a problem pulling for oil from if we have it here, because we need, we need petroleum for all kinds of shit. And I don't think people realize that. And just to add to what you said, Jeremy, I actually did a little studying this week about how we're importing the oil that we're getting overseas from Europe, from the Middle East. We're putting it on oil tankers and those oil tankers that ship the oil across the ocean burn 2,000 gallons of fuel per hour to ship it across the Atlantic. So we're talking about moving into a sustainable environment. We know the World Economic Forum says we want to be carbon neutral by 2030. And then you bring the GMC news saying that they want to be carbon neutral by 2030 as well. It's no surprise there. Yeah, this, is, this isn't about saving the environment. It's about, I mean, there are people that do want to save the environment, not saying that they don't exist, right? But this isn't about that. This is about meeting what the populace thinks that they want because the populace doesn't know really how the whole thing works. And so I don't think that there's anything prob problem with moving to electric, but I still don't see that there's a huge problem if we tap the oil reserves, the oil that we have here in the United States and not ban it. I don't see a problem with that if we are monitoring it and logically looking at it, because it just doesn't make sense. If we have it here, we can create jobs here in America. Don't people want jobs here in America? We, you know, we can lower the cost of it because we don't have to have all the other expenses associated with it. And we still need it for makeup and, you know, um, cosmetics and like medicine and all other kinds of stuff besides just gasoline. And I think people are forgetting that. And, you know, airplanes use it still, I'm assuming. <laughs> you assume correctly. You assume correctly, Jeremy. And we're going to switch. Like, I don't do a lot of flying like you guys do. but Exactly. I'm we're actually going to show. That's how airplanes work. We have a very interesting graphic later that we're going to show on the show that shows Bitcoin mining overall. It doesn't even use as much as tumble dryers in America. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions about how much electricity is actually used to mine Bitcoin. And we're going to bring a little clarity to that area. But we got almost 200, 198 live listeners out there. Show us some love on this beautiful Friday and smash that like button. If you're looking to learn more about the cryptocurrency market, the best place to do so is at the 3T Warrior Academy with our entire team. We host seven weekly calls. Coach JV does a weekly portfolio update. 
every single Friday. And I think the best part about our group is the community, the different minds that are coming together to conquer this market. And we're going to do it with you guys. But we're going to keep the ball rolling here. Our first official story for today is that the United States SEC is investigating Terraform's labs and the collapse of UST. So anybody who's in the crypto market witnessed what happened last month as UST collapsed down to zero and Terra Luna took $60 billion out of the crypto market. The SEC is investigating whether the marketing of UST before it crashed violated the federal investor protection regulations. The, the Sorry, the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that regulation on stablecoins is now urgent because of the collapse. And SEC Chairman Gary Gensler subsequently said that a lot of crypto tokens will fail. So this is a little, this is giving us a little insight and we can, what we can expect in the years to come. We, the Terraforms Labs came out and said, we are not aware of any SEC probes at this time. And we've received no communication from the SEC. Legal experts do not expect Don Quo to face any criminal charges from the US and said it's more likely that he'll face civil charges and pay regulatory fines. So Basically, they're going to charge him a bunch of money. This is a very rich man. He just took $60 billion, and he's continuing to innovate within the crypto space. Johnny Crypto, what do you think the SEC is doing here? Are they protecting crypto investors, or are they using this as a catalyst to get greater control over the market? Exactly. That's all they're going to use it for. The SEC is a complete waste. They're not here to help you and me. And if they do penalize this guy, let's just do some basic math. Okay, so he made what? $60 billion, you said, or million? Billion. Billion. He made $60 billion. Let's say they find him a billion, okay? He's still plus 59 billion. You think he's going to give you shit? It's like a diamond, like a pot. Like when you walk down the street and a dollar falls out of your pocket, you don't even care. He's not even going to care. So first of all, nothing, they're already telling you they haven't heard anything from the SEC. Nothing's going to happen here. This is just the SEC taking advantage of, an, of, of a situation where they're going to be able to exploit it and say, oh, we need to do this to protect you. But is anything going to happen? No, nothing happens to these big boys. Nothing. Nothing will happen to him either. It's just a waste of time. Jeremy, we had the government come out and say, anytime that there's a big catalyst like this, it's going to force change. And so they're using this as an opportunity to regulate the market. What are some of your thoughts on government regulation? Are you bullish on crypto in the United States after we get regulation? And what do you think it's going to do to the market? Do you think it'll create more stability? Or, or what are some of your thoughts? Um, I think that I think that the regulation will always be beneficial, especially when there are people that there, there are people that will benefit from crypto. All people are going to utilize cryptocurrency in the future in some capacity like blockchain. Right. And so my, my point being is that it, I agree with Johnny Crypto that when regulation happens, you're going to get a bunch of people that are coming into that are going to feel safer to get into the market. So regulation can be very beneficial. Do I think that Janet Yellen and the SEC and everybody that was involved in this article give a crap? No, I don't. <laughs> Do I think that they're just using it to regulate something? Yes. I think that they might have some kind of like, oh yeah, we want to protect people. But do, do like do the representatives really understand what like the protection is that people need and want if they don't even understand the thing that they are trying to regulate? And that's the biggest problem is they don't understand it. So how are you going to regulate something that you don't understand first off? And then, and then um, I do agree in the article though, that there are going to be some coin. We're going to lose a lot of coins in, in the next, you know, five, six years, right? There are going to be a lot of projects that aren't going to go anywhere. Those coins are going to fall. There's some risk involved with it. But if you stand strong to the, the coins that you see that are going to have real utility in the future, then you won't have a problem with that. And then when the regulation comes into place, all the, you know, the, the baby boomers, they're going to start feeling, feeling more comfortable going into that market, you know, Johnny's era, and they'll be good going into that market. 
and um, and uh, we'll have a lot of new money, and then we'll see a good increase. So I think it can be good, but if we can not have it, I would feel better. And I, I want to give a shout out Johnny Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I know Johnny didn't hear me say that because he didn't even acknowledge. He gets caught I up in the chat. He gets old. a little bit caught up in the chat. But we had a guy. Actually... I'm like, I just made fun of him for being a baby boomer, and he's not even a baby boomer. No, <laughs> happened. Gen uh, X, Gen I pulled it next, Johnny. I pulled an XRP jet on that one. Sorry. Oh my god, it doesn't matter. You're... So we actually they had an interesting comment here. Did he call me a boomer? I did. And Generation X, I gotta go pull the X back up. Yes. Yes, and we had Actually, a no, comment really like here that said, card. who are the people that they are trying to protect, though? Well, John, that would be you, my friend. They are doing this for you. NFT Tones, I want to hear some of your <laughs> thoughts. And we know you got a ton of expertise in the gaming space, but you're a young guy, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on regulation as well. Wow. All right, well, first of all, I am kind of happy that you, uh, the SEC is looking into this because I personally don't like Quan Do or Do Quan, whatever his name is. Personally, I don't like him. I don't like anything. From what I heard before, he's actually rug pulled a previous coin. I don't trust anything he does. Honestly, with this happening, it doesn't surprise me. I really wish that the SEC would do more, though, and push more. Like, something should have been done here, even more than penalizing. This person, should, he should have been arrested. Like, there's no doubt in my mind what he did was fundamentally wrong and illegal. But yes, that's about it. And if you know anything about the law system, you know that it only applies to people who can't afford to buy their way out. And I think that's another <laughs> exactly. example of what we have here. Law and order, it's a, I don't want to say it's a fallacy, but it's a perception that doesn't totally exist in the real world. There's a lot of people who get away with things that we would never be able to get away with as regular everyday citizens. And this is just another example of that. But we got another fantastic story. Fidelity CEO says that I see Crypto Winter as an opportunity to double down and go extra hard in crypto. That's exactly what we talk about on this channel every day. We're doubling down on the amount of content produced. We're doubling down on the amount of research we do. And we're doubling down on the amount of crypto that we own. I want to hear from Johnny Crypto first. Johnny Crypto, what are some of your thoughts? <laughs> Obviously, he must be watching this show because we say that every freaking day. Uh, and somebody in the comments actually said the SEC is letting me double my badge. It's so true. <laughs> All this, everything being pulled back. But at the end of the day, the reality is I am, I, I, I've been waiting for this moment for us to find that sideways action, the bottom out and sideways. And there is there another leg down? I don't know, maybe one more leg down, possibly into the 20K range. So I'm setting, you know, leaving some bags aside, but that's why you dollar cost average in. So totally agree with this statement. You know, again, I don't like to listen to what they say because I know they're lying rat, rat snake weasels, but I certainly want to take advantage of the opportunities when we're in these kind of fear zones, right? Where people think we're near the bottom and this is when you want to be buying in. So, uh, and you guys know, we all believe in 2023 to 2024 is when the real switch gets flipped. And I don't mean for XRP, but I just mean in general adoption of cryptocurrency. And I do believe once that adoption leg starts to kick off the prices we're seeing today, you're never, ever, ever going to see them again. So for me, this is kind of now, between now and 2023, I think is going to be the last chance we have to get in at prices this low. And I want to hear from the node defender here. Mario, if we go into a stagflation environment, crypto is going to be one of the only asset classes that actually benefits from something like that. Crypto, real estate, and several others. 
But what I think is important to note here is that everyone's so scared about the bearish price action we're going through now, but this is the best bear market we've ever experienced. Nobody's questioning if these things are going to be built for the long term. We always talk about 2023 being the year of institutional adoption. And this is just another example of that. Fidelity, BlackRock, Grayscale, JP Morgan, all these huge, humongous, multi-billion dollar firms are building the technology so that when we get that shift, they push us off the cliff and they have a basket to catch us in. But what catches your attention here? Well, you said that people are afraid. I think the only reason people should be afraid right now is if they don't have any extra cash to put into the market, because this is the perfect time. Last year, when we were experiencing the euphoria, the euphoric moments in the market, those were those we can see now. Those were the worst times for you to get in, because if you got in throughout last year, you're you're down significantly at the moment in, in most of most cryptocurrencies. So right now, your focus should be how can I make extra money in my nine to five or create a, a five to nine? Find ways to make extra money so that you can invest. Investing is the one of the most important things that I've learned in the last two years because I was educated that you had to save your money. You had to create some kind of savings. And that just never worked for me. I've always been terrible at it. But investing for me has changed the game because when I saved money, I always felt the need to go and get that money for whatever I wanted to get, whether it was a new car or, or a bill that I need to pay. But for some reason with investing, it's working better for me because the money that I'm investing... I really tend to not go and get it. I tend to not go and sell that XRP that I bought. I'm pretty greedy when it comes to it. I'm like, I don't want to get rid of XRP or XLM or Atom or Cosmos. I actually find myself over-investing at times and scratching my head, how am I going to pay this bill? Because I kind of bought a little bit more too, too much Cosmos and now I can't afford to pay this bill. But that forces me, that has forced me to find ways to create more cash flow and find ways to create more, more, more income. And I think that that's what people should be concerned um, and focusing on going forward. Yeah. And and I just want to add to that. And that's one of the things that coach talks about in the three T warrior Academy a lot is that he's cash poor, right? So he doesn't keep any cash in the bank account. He puts it all into his investments, right? And then you pay with what you have to have. And then literally everything else that he has, he puts into cryptocurrencies or other investments that he's he's doing. And that's something that we um, advocate inside of the, you know, not saying that you, you need to do that, but, but I think that like, for me personally, I'm not a big fan of having like a three months, you know, savings, right. I don't see the point in it, you know, especially with inflation and the freaking CPI where it's at. Um, like, why would I keep my money? It's losing all value, right. I might as well at least put it into something that's getting me some type of benefit as long as it's liquid and I can pull it out at some time if I absolutely need it. Right. Um, so I just wanted to add that. Yeah. And, you know, just to build on that one, one tip that maybe we can give to the folks out there. Um, so the cat, yeah, the cat's gone. I already turned the cat into AVAX. So we're going to, you know, we'll have to see what else can go next week, but, uh, <laughs> <Bell> tones. <laughs> yeah, it was, to it was Toja's cat, but anyway, just to give, uh, uh, you know, Jeremy, you brought up a good point there, right? People said all the time, like, Oh, I don't have money to invest. What I do and what you might want to consider doing is, so you can have a, a portion of your paycheck kind of go directly to either a savings account or what I do is, is I have uh, I set up my crypto.com account uh, account to do reoccurring. So it automatically every week takes out a certain amount of money. I mean, you could set it as low as 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever you want, even if it's 20 dollars. Right. Set it so that it takes it out of your paycheck, whether you get paid weekly or biweekly or monthly, however you get paid. You can set up that reoccurring transaction. And then the nice thing is now your dollar cost averaging into whatever you want. And you don't even have to think about it. You just set it and forget it. And I love it. So every every week or every two weeks, 
I'm automatically dollar cost averaging into Crow and Ethereum every week. It just automatically happens. So it's awesome. So you pick the ones you want, and that's just a good technique. So now you don't have to, you know, go, oh, I got to remember to set money aside, save it. No, just automatically do it. So that might be a tip that you guys can. Um, yeah, that's, that's the same helpful. thing that I do. Yeah, I love it. Yes, and I just want to remind people we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice, but we're showing yeah. you exactly what we do on this channel. And one of the things I think it's important to remember during a bear market and during a bull run is that you're always going to get unrealistic price targets. When we're in a bull run and it was November and Bitcoin hit 60,000, we had people screaming on Twitter, we're going to 100K, we're going to 140,000, we're going to a quarter million. Now we're getting the exact same sentiment in a bear market. We're going to 12,000, we're going to 10,000, we're going to 9,000. So it's the exact same energy, just in the opposite direction. Mario, why don't you close us out here and then we'll kick it over to a really interesting Twitter video that I have prepared for our listeners. Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't know what happened to Johnny, but... <laughs> oh, I saw him was like, yes, and now he's gone! What is happening? I think Anybody who fight, knows this channel knows that the Rothschilds love Johnny Crypto. It's just... We <laughs> they took him out. They're always after him. This They're always it. after him. Yeah, I don't... I, honestly, I don't even remember what your question was. I apologize, but I think it was along the lines of what we were discussing. I was going to Dollar cost averaging in. Yeah, just we're not financial advisors, but we can tell you what we're doing. In Tones' cat was a financial advisor, but we sold it. Exactly. <laughs> and since, and since nobody's cat. listening anyways, you may as well show us some love and smash that like button while we wait for Johnny Crypto to hop on. I'm going to bring you guys a very, very interesting video as we have the senator, the, the senator talking about Gensler and his um, – what is the word I'm looking for? And his regulation of the crypto market, he's regulating by enforcement right now. And there's plenty of people who disagree with what he's doing. So that's exactly what we're going to show you. Then we'll get some comments from the group. Here we go. Senator for American Progress had this to say. He said the status quo would be better than this bill. So many of these tokens are securities and need to comply with regular, usual securities laws. And this bill tries to create a special crypto-specific disclosure regime that I don't think discloses all the information investors need to fully evaluate whether to purchase a security. What do you have to say to that? I think he's wrong. And I don't think he's spent enough time with the bill or the industry or the regulators. <laughs> and we have. And so we believe that, as we've said, a great deal of this is going to the SEC. Um, most cryptocurrencies go to the SEC. Block the particular... Um, Bitcoin and Ether would be certainly commodities. And that's agreed upon. That's agreed with Chairman Gensler as well as the chairman of the CFT. Todd Phillips. Boom. Clearly picking winner, winners and losers within this market. And this is another example of that. Anybody who looked at the regulation bill that was put in this week shows that most of these cryptocurrencies would be called commodities and not be given to the SEC, but be given to the CFTC for regulation. That's exactly what she's talking about here. She's criticizing Gary Gensler's understanding of the market. And I think rightfully so. But let's start off with Johnny Crypto. Johnny Crypto, what are some of your thoughts on that video? Yeah, the, I, I, I'm finally start, I'm starting to really like those two. I'm glad that they're out there and they're, they partnered up together and they've actually kind of helped define what they believe, you know, cryptocurrency should be and, and, and trying to set Gensler straight because Gensler, you know, for him, if he could have it, he wants control of everything, right? So he would make everything a security. Although when he was teaching at MIT, he called XRP a currency, but we won't go there uh right now i think that these two are pushing pushing for this Let, let's hope that come remember this is not a past bill this is the first round of it now or actually it's the second round of it hopefully this will go through but i love the fact that they're calling gensler out and i love the fact that this will handle this may land up more in the cftc's hands uh than the sec however people will still need to file i believe i read with the sec but it's a very small filing and it's only twice a year. So 
we'll see where this whole thing plays out. Hopefully Gary won't be able to get that language changed. Yes, Jeremy, I'd love to hear from you next. We got Gary Gensler saying that most cryptocurrencies are securities, right? Clearly we disagree, but what are some of your thoughts? I would say if something is a security or NFTs, NFTs are being utilized like a security more and more and more where I will, there is no argument or there is no argument that I think that anybody can make for Ethereum being a security, right? I mean, it's utilized for gas fees. It's, it's, it's utilized for trading between goods. That's what a currency does. And so there are some tokens that might be a little gray area, but if those tokens or those coins are used inside of an economy, that's what makes something a currency is when you can utilize it for a trade purpose. And so as long as that takes place, in my opinion, then those things are currencies. There is nothing about XRP, in my opinion. There's nothing about Ether. There's nothing about any of them that is not a currency. And this is just, you know, it's good to see that there are people that are coming out that are talking about it, but it's almost like a control problem that Gensler has, or it's like, uh, um, or there's something that's going on behind, there's something that's going on behind where they're like, no, we need these to be in the SEC so we can do something with it that doesn't need to be taking place. But we... I specifically want all of these to be utilized as currencies. I want people to use Bitcoin. I want people to use Ethereum. And I would like to see them utilize them in a trading capacity rather than in a holding capacity for some type of gain. But, well, I think we'll eventually get there. But I think the, the biggest problem is the fact that we're using old rules and old regulations to regulate new technologies. And that's the part that I don't understand why a lot of other, you know, evolved countries have already put regulations in place to adopt cryptocurrencies and these new technologies. And the U.S. continues to struggle and, and yeah, it's falling behind. That's well, the problem. Well, that's and, by and, design. You yeah, know well, that. that's, Not only is that by design in, in the way that Johnny Crypto is talking about it, but it's also in design by the way that Americans in general utilize old amendments and old constitutional writings without any type of progressiveness that's embedded in our system to not think that we can change and it was always meant to be able to be changed by newer and new generations so that's why whenever me and abs are going on our you know rants about why 80 year olds shouldn't be running the country this is why 80 year olds shouldn't be running the country because they have no idea what's going on and there's nothing wrong with saying that like there's nothing wrong with me saying that Tones know what's going Tones knows what is more going on in certain things than I do because he's a generation behind, you know, younger than me. There's nothing wrong with that. And and people as they get older need to realize that and realize that these younger people need to be able to come in and change certain things. And these career politicians need to be pushed out, right? We got people like yes. Nancy Pelosi who want to sit in there for 40 years and people like us have no say if we want somebody new. And that's why they're so publicly critical of our elected officials because they know that those elected officials, they're going to come and they're going to go. And throughout that whole process, we have those career politicians sitting in the background and pushing out their narratives. It's like we always talk about. We got over 200 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. If you want to join the 3T Academy and learn more about this amazing team and the crypto market as a whole, the best place to do so is down below. Go join our free Discord and get within that community. We do have some really cool news that I want to touch upon. This will only take a second here. We brought this to you yesterday, but VeChain has announced a $100 million sponsorship deal with the UFC. We're going to start seeing VeChain all over the place. The public marketing is going to be great. This will be a five-year deal. They'll be shown at weigh-ins. They'll be shown at every live fight. And every time they show the rankings for the fighters, we will see VeChain. NFT Tones, any quick thoughts? 
Yeah, so that has me excited for tomorrow because I've been watching UFC lately and been getting my sports betting in, and I am really excited for uh, VeChain and Crypto.com. I've been watching, and I see all the crypto advertisements, and I love it. I mean, a lot of people watch UFC, and I feel like this is going to slowly onboard people into crypto and other stuff. So I think this is going to be really, really big for crypto in general, because a lot of people are into sports and I feel like the more sports bring out these kinds of deals, the more it's going to allow the sports entrepreneurs to get into crypto and see it. Yes. And somebody, I'm laughing because somebody commented, what happened to Jackie? She couldn't do the triple double this week. Johnny Crypto called it. I want to give a shout out to Jackie. She's not feeling very well this morning. So everyone send your love and support to Jackie. We love her. And she's one of our favorite people we have on this channel. So shout out to Jackie. We love you. We're going to continue with our news articles today. It wouldn't be a Friday if we didn't deep dive on NFTs. And I think MasterCard knew that because MasterCard put out an article today that says they are diving deeper into NFTs. This is very exciting news. Nearly 3 billion consumers are now going to be exposed and able to buy NFTs using their MasterCard. So the financial services company inked a deal with several prominent NFT marketplaces, such as Sandbox, which I, I want to reiterate, Sandbox and Decentraland are going to be the two chosen metaverses going forward. And this is going to make it possible to buy digital collectibles using your MasterCard. So in January, MasterCard scored a partnership with Coinbase to enable purchasing on leading cryptocurrency exchanges in the NFT marketplace, such as OpenSea. This is huge. This is where the floodgates open. I think it's only fitting we start off with NFT tones. NFT tones, what do you think this means for the whole market? And maybe you can speak a little bit about to the advantages of not using Ethereum with NFTs, but using some of these other blockchains. Floor is yours. So I'm just going to say it's about damn time. I mean, we've, we've needed this. Like so many people have issues onboarding onto crypto and NFTs because it's so difficult with a MetaMask. But now this can make it a hundred times easier. I mean, people are always complaining that it's too difficult to get buy NFTs, but now this makes it so much easier. Being able to use your MasterCard on most of these NFT exchanges or marketplaces is going to be amazing. And I think this will really, really help in the future because most people are afraid and won't per do these purchases. But now as they see it's becoming easier to onboard, I think they'll get access into this. Johnny Crypto, we got nearly 3 billion people right now who are using a MasterCard. And what I think is so amazing about this news, it's going to become that much easier for those retail investors to start purchasing NFTs. What catches your attention here? And are you bullish on the NFT space? We've heard so much negative news. What are some of your thoughts? So first of all, for anybody who's a Pink Floyd fan, you'll know what I mean when I say this is another brick in the wall, and the wall being the foundation of the adoption of cryptocurrency. So this is exactly the kind of things you need to be happening. Consumers have confidence in certain things. When they see a PayPal or they see a MasterCard shifting in and telling them it's okay to use your card for this stuff, then it becomes okay for you to use your card for this stuff. That's just how the world works, right? People have confidence in certain things. And when those things make it the norm, then things become the norm. And that we are watching the transition happen right in front of our eyes. I mean, 3 billion people don't know this yet, but a year from now, 3 billion people will be buying NFTs. They'll know what sandbox is and it won't be the sandbox in your backyard that you play with your kids in the swing set. It'll be the metaverse where you're gonna put an Oculus on your head, right? So that's where we're headed, and this is just 
further adopt. And I just love the fact that we here, everybody here on this show in the audience, pat yourselves on the back again, that we're here so early. Don't hurt your arm. We're here so early that we are all going to benefit and we're going to be able to create, as Coach always talks about, the greatest time in human history to be alive because we can, we, the middle class, can finally elevate ourselves into generational wealth by investing in these technologies that are going to drive Web 3.0. It's so super exciting. And Johnny, we actually covered a list of celebrities who have entered a promoted Bitcoin. And the reason that we did that last week was because it's about showing people they know, like, and trust getting involved in this market. And I think MasterCard is doing the exact same thing here. Before we kick it to Jeremy, I want to get some thoughts. MasterCard and Visa have a global monopoly on payments. They're getting 2 to 3% of all transactions that are swiped on their credit card. And I think we're going to see an end to that come soon. I'm sure they know that. But what are some of your thoughts on that monopoly and where we're shifting right now? Uh, Jeremy. Yep. Didn't know if you were talking to me or if you were talking, wanted Johnny to touch base on that before you gave it over to me. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that at some point everything's going to end and change, especially if we think about a new quantum financial um, system that's being put into place. There are going to be different payment systems that are going to play uh, uh, be a piece in this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if companies like Block or what used to be called Square, um, not Block the cryptocurrency, but Block the Jack Dorsey company. Um, if, if companies like that that are merchant processing actually start to get into those payment games, utilizing in some capacity cryptocurrency, that's what I personally think is going to start happening. And then you're going to see a lot of these companies that get into those payment gateways um, that are specifically about cryptocurrency. And it's going to be moving people away from MasterCard and from uh, Visa. And I think that that's one of the reasons why it's smart for MasterCard from a business standpoint to start getting involved with these types of things, um, because it, it allows their card to be utilized in, in a way that you would otherwise have had to use cryptocurrency for. So it's almost like they're seeing that and they're looking for a way, okay, they're using their wallets, they're using the cryptocurrency to buy this. Let's find a way to partner with these companies so they can use MasterCard to buy these NFTs rather than utilizing the wallets and the cryptocurrencies themselves. You're spot on. And before we continue with our NFT conversation, I want to go back to Tones here. NFT Tones, just to put you on the spot, if there was one blockchain you're most bullish on for NFTs specifically, what blockchain would that be? That would easily be the Wax blockchain. And that is because OKX is recently, they're bringing into over millions. I Hold on. Let's see here. They're bringing into over tens of millions of dollars to expand, expand its play-to-earn gaming on Wax. So they're bringing in millions of dollars to expand the play-to-earn on Wax. And this is OKX Blockdream Ventures. And so what I like about this is that Wax supports over 23 million daily transactions a day, and they're home to already some of the greatest collectibles. So we have such as like Hot Wheels, we have Funko, we have NASCAR coming, we have um, upcoming projects with Sony, and we also have more than 12 million active accounts. So Wax is a really, really interesting blockchain. And I think with all this money coming into, it's definitely a blockchain to watch, especially with all the NFTs and collectibles already existing on there. I think Wax is definitely one of the best NFT platforms that are going to come, especially with how it's been developed. It's made specifically for collectibles and uh, games. So I really am excited for Wax and the amount of money that's about to be flowed into it. 
That's awesome, NFT Tones. And we talked about that on our Twitter spaces last night. Anybody who's watching the stream, I think the Rothschilds are watching. I just got booted off the stream. I have no idea why, but I was able to come back just in time for this next article. We got over 200 live listeners out there. Show some love. Smash that like button. We are about to break your mind when it comes to Bitcoin mining. There are so many misconceptions when it comes to how much energy is being used. And this is a great example. Johnny Crypto, we're going to start with you here. This is a great example of how low Bitcoin's energy usage really is. We talk about all these misconceptions about it uses 1% of global energy. We're going into a carbon neutral environment. We got to get rid of Bitcoin. We got to get rid of Bitcoin mining. Well, I think we got to get rid of tumble dryers first because they're taking up more electricity than Bitcoin. But what are some of your thoughts, Johnny Crypto? I mean, this this is hilarious. This is exactly what I've been talking about at the end of the day. It's all about a narrative. They can tell you any story they want. If they tell you the sky is blue, or I'm sorry, if they tell you the sky is orange, tomorrow everybody's going to come out and they're going to say, hey, you know the sky is orange. So here, if they tell you Bitcoin's drawing high power, everybody believes it. But then when you show me the data, look at the data. It's just a joke. I mean, so this just proves anything you hear on TV, hear or see, is could always be a lie or fake news, right? You need to go do your own research. And when you have data like this that shows you where the real power consumption is, then you realize, then you wake up and be like, oh, they're just bullshitting me because they don't want me using Bitcoin or there's a narrative that they want to. There's some agenda. They always have an agenda. So there's some agenda in the background that they want to use. And so in this case, the agenda is they want to they want to either kill Bitcoin or they want to shift it off of or they want to you know, go to some you know carbon neutral stories. Right. So they pick something and they villainize it. Now, <laughs> when you look at the data, you just laugh because you look at it and say, OK, that's the wrong thing to pick. If you really cared about carbon neutrality and you want to fix the problem, you go after the, when you see a chart like this, we call them the tall nails. You go after the tall nail. That's where you go and you fix the problem. Not on the shortest nail, you fix it on the tallest nail. So folks, you've all been duped. If you watch the news, I don't know what to tell you. The only news you should be watching is Good Morning Crypto because we tell you the truth here. We don't lie to you. We don't blow any smoke up your butt. And you get to see lots of hand movements from Johnny. From the uh, mob boss, Jeremy. That's the mob boss. The I want to kick boss, Jeremy Johnny here. Johnny Crypto. Jeremy, hey, you, know I, I say, you, want, you want to stop on a tire from talking, just tie his hands. Sorry, I can't talk about my hands. Watch you're spot on. on. You're spot on, Jeremy. But what catches my attention here is what Johnny Crypto said. He said, anytime that you're watching mainstream news, you got to be aware of FUD. And we had the Chinese government. We covered this on the show yesterday. The Chinese government, Jeremy, came out yesterday and said, do not trust American news because all of it's fake. How do you feel about China saying that? And then, of course, address the Bitcoin news here. I don't know. I think all news in some capacity is fake because everybody has an agenda that they want to say. You know, a lot of the times we get and the other problem that nowadays, especially, is that is that when we see news, we consume it in a quick manner. So it's not actually reading the article and understanding what was actually said because news stations, no matter what it is, whether it's CNN, Fox, MSNBC, CNBC, they need a captivating headline to catch your attention now. So if it does, if you don't go in and read all of it, then you're not going to get the whole point of the story. So I, I would agree with China, but I would also say Chinese news is fake also. Well, like that's all the, news is fake, in my opinion. That's, that's why it's point. important to sit and read it and understand it or to get factual information. You know, just like this is what I was saying with the aviation industry. Obviously uses the most amount of gas, <laughs> but we're not doing anything to combat that. And it's obviously 
see the carbon emissions right here from it, along with the marine transport sector, like you said, we're burning more gasoline and oil, putting more carbon into the air, getting the oil from across the country to the United States than we are from, say, a Bitcoin miner. It's all narrative. And I agree with the tumble dryers, though. I think that we need to do something about it, especially because mine doesn't dry like it should. Mario, I want to go to you here while Jeremy buys his new drying machine. The global banking system we got now uses nearly three times, sorry, it uses more than three times as much energy as what Bitcoin does. Give us some of your thoughts there. And then I actually have a follow-up question, but I want to hear from you first. Yeah, I think the argument, and I've mentioned on the show before how our home appliances actually consume way more energy than Bitcoin, but we could argue the utility side of it, right? You know, we need home appliances. Do we really need need Bitcoin? And we're starting to come to the conclusion as the more that Bitcoin integrates toward in our financial system and we see countries, third world countries adopting Bitcoin, that it, it is needed and it does provide a solution uh, together with other cryptocurrencies. Obviously, Bitcoin is being looked at as more of a store of value. Other cryptocurrencies provide faster payments, cheaper payments, the list goes on. And I just want to remind everybody, last year when we had a tumble in the Bitcoin price, it was when Tesla announced that they were going to be removing the ability to buy, make purchases using Bitcoin. Well, they said that once Bitcoin reached at least 50%, at least 50% was uh, renewable energy, they would introduce it again. I just want to remind everybody that I saw some data not too long ago that Bitcoin is close to that 50%. And I think it may have already passed the 50%. So I wouldn't be surprised if out of nowhere we see Tesla come out and say, hey, we're, we're enabling Bitcoin purchases again. And that could be a catalyst for, for good news or good price action, positive price action. 2023, you'll hear that. Yeah, it would, it'll be timed. Yeah, absolutely. It will be timed. Yes. It'll be timed. Easy. We never play short-term games in a long-term market. And that's exactly what we talk about every day on this channel. We're going to continue bringing you guys the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics on a daily basis. Somebody said this show was amazing. Make sure you stay consistent. That is the number one thing we do here. We are the most consistent group in the crypto space. But we have an amazing video to show you guys. This is from all the way back in, I believe, 2018, talking about the IMF's accumulation of digital assets. Brad Garlinghouse puts them on the spot. We'll let this thing play, and then we'll get comments from Jeremy to begin with. Here we go. First one's for you. IMF. Do you see IMF holding crypto assets in the future? I did not put that up there. Remember, I'm from the legal department. I'm supposed to be very conservative about these things. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to go into great details about Maybe the Maybe I should take what the yeah. is. So I think sometimes you don't actually need to speak to be heard. And I think we heard exactly what he was saying there. He's got some stuff on his mind. And he's sitting there with Brad Garlinghouse, who works on the World Economic Forum and also is the CEO of Ripple XRP. They got almost 400 central banks ready to go, ready to roll on RippleNet. But Jeremy, what catches your attention here? And do you think the IMF is collecting digital assets? Of course, they're collecting digital assets. Every every country in the world, in my opinion, is at some government level or some type of organizational level collecting digital assets, right? Doesn't necessarily, I mean, in this specific context, do I mean cryptocurrency? Yes. But do I also think that they're utilizing other digital assets? Absolutely. We are, we are a digital asset society now, and there is nothing in my mind that would think me to believe that the IMF, along with other government agencies or government-sponsored agencies or however you want to phrase it, is, is collecting digital assets for some type of move into the future. You always have to be thinking 10, 20 years down the line, so they have to be thinking of it in some capacity. 
So. Yes, Jeremy, I know you got to run. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, Anybody who sees Jeremy's beautiful face pop off the screen, it's because he's a very busy man. He's got another meeting to go to. We're going to continue with our news articles here. We have RippleNet's general manager is stepping down after over five years working at the firm. Ashish Birla, the general manager of RippleNet, has taken to Twitter to announce his decision to quit his job at Ripple. Now, let me break down the FUD here because this is actually good news. He is now going to sit on Ripple's board of directors with the former U.S. Treasurer, Rosie Rios, and J.P. Morgan veteran, Sandy O'Connor. So Monica Long will now take over his responsibilities and lead RippleNet as well as RippleX, according to Brad Garlinghouse. Brad Garlinghouse praised Berla for having an incredible impact on the evolution of money and the impact the company's had over these past few years. I think this is very exciting. The headline was a little bit misleading. You'd think it'd be some negative news. It's positive news. Ashish Berla's impact is only going to be amplified with this new position, I'd love to start off with Johnny Crypto. Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. Well, first of all, now I know why the SEC is suing Brad. He was attacking the IMF. That wasn't too smart of him. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to make fun of us? We're coming. But uh, in terms of this news here, you know, at the end of the day, whenever you move up higher in onto the board, it's always um, a, a validation of what you've done, right, to, to get yourself. <laughs> yes, he is, absolutely. Uh, it certainly, um, you, you know, it's a validation that he's done a great job and he deserves a higher seat. So I, I think at the end of the day, not a bad thing at all, I think it's a good move good, good, you know, congratulations to him. Good move for, for ripple as they continue to, to move and grow and add a lot of key strategic people from the government into the company. I love the fact that Rosa Rios and other members are part of their team. Amazing, Johnny. And we're going to just go quickly here. We got about one minute left. I want to get comments from the Node Defender on this article. Education is power. Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z are launching a Bitcoin Academy in Brooklyn, New York. This is going to be from people age five to age 17. They're going to be given free Wi-Fi, free laptop, free education courses. This gets me super excited. We're creating the fundamental generational leaders right now. And a lot of them are going to be in the cryptocurrency market. Mario, how do you feel about this? And I think this is the first of many education centers that are going to be built. What are some of your thoughts? This is huge. I'm a big advocate for education, especially education in this kind of space. Um, you know, I, I've said this a lot. I don't really like to see myself as an influencer. I'd rather see myself as an educator. I think it has a lot more impact. And financial education is severely underrated in, in schools and 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 the modern uh, education system. So I think this is great. I think that it's really good that they're offering this and, and the fact that it's available for people that don't, don't really have the means and the reach is, is again, massive. So I, yeah, big advocate. I'm really happy to see stuff like this being built. Awesome. And I want to say thank you to every single one of our amazing guests today. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to the No Defender. Thank you, Jeremy. And of course, Thank you, NFT Tones. NFT Tones, I also want to say I appreciate you changing out of your pajamas this morning. That's a first on this show. We will be back live with you guys in 71 hours, bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. 175 live listeners out there, show us some love and smash that like button. Have a beautiful, safe, and amazing weekend. And it's like we always say, Warriors, rise. You know, Ad, baby. Thank you for joining. You know, Ad, I'm always dressed for the show. I just don't look as good as I usually. Let's go. <laughs> Monkeys! Yeah!